You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Michael Shearer, national political reporter here at the Washington Post. My guests today are two co-founders of No Labels, former Connecticut Senator Joseph Lieberman and former North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. Gentlemen, welcome to Washington Post Live. Thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. Governor, I thought I'd, I'd start with you. No Labels right now is in the process of going state by state across the country to get on ballots. Uh, there are very frequently third party presidential efforts, but in the modern era, there's never been a successful presidential effort. And there have been a couple cases, I mean, most notably in 1912, where uh, uh, a contest between Teddy Roosevelt and uh, uh, Taft uh, helped disrupt the Republican bid. Um, so I want to ask you, what's different this time? What's different this time is usually in most presidential elections, about 40% of the people go, gosh, I don't want either candidate. Never before in history have we had over 60 to almost 70% of people going, I don't want either candidate that's currently leading the polls. We've never seen this gap of dissatisfaction from the potential nominees from the parties. In fact, I kind of almost feel like the political parties, which I'm still a strong Republican, are um, taking the public for granted as to just accepting their nominees as opposed to having another alternative. And I think if there's a scenario after Super Tuesday where the vast majority of people still disagree with the two nominees, this could be a moment in time in American history where the people will say, you know what, we deserve a better choice than what the two parties are providing us. And a choice in which the candidates are looking to solve problems together, a choice in which they're trying to deal with the complex issues that we need to solve today instead of putting off to the next generation. Senator, you, you've described this, or No Labels has described this as an insurance policy for America if the two major party candidates are unacceptable. I know others at No Labels have said that, that they do not want former President Donald Trump to be uh, president again. Do you consider Donald Trump an unacceptable nominee? Uh, personally, I do. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I think that's a, a feeling held very widely among uh, No Labels uh, members and leaders. Uh, remember, No Labels was uh, begun about a dozen years ago to try to cut down on the partisanship and gridlock in Washington to uh, get the government uh, working again uh, for the American people to convince, to elect people to Congress uh, who would put the country first and not their party loyalty or ideological loyalty first. And uh, we've had a really good track record of doing that with a 60-member House Problem Solvers Bipartisan Caucus, 10 members in the Common Sense Coalition and the Senate, and they've made a lot of good things happen over the last four or five years. Uh, so we're exploring now at the request of our members whether there's a similarly constructive role for us to play uh, in, the, in the presidential election. And uh, Pat McCrory is absolutely right. This is... I know, as you said, Michael, that uh, third parties don't have much of a success record in America. You actually have to go back to 1860 and Abraham Lincoln for the last time a third party, then the Republican Party won. And that was the end of the 
a previous second party, the Whig Party. But we've never seen so much anger at the federal government uh, and now dissatisfaction, as Pat said, with these two candidates. And part of it is not just the, uh, uh, oh, my God, not Trump and Biden again. I think it's because Trump and Biden already mean to people another partisan attack, counterattack campaign, and then probably uh, four more years of the same kind of partisan mudslinging, and America's had enough of it. And that, that's why we're developing this insurance policy to see whether uh, uh, we, uh, well, first to get on the ballot in 50 states with a third line, which is not easy, but we're making real progress on it. And second is to use it if we think uh, it can have a really constructive uh, role to play with a bipartisan unity ticket. Pretty amazing to even think about it in this partisan time. But I, I think people want that kind of option uh, next year. Let me just follow up on that, Senator. Do you think Joe Biden is an acceptable presidential candidate at this point? Uh, you know, I have a real personal uh, uh, devotion to Joe Biden. I know him for a long time. We served for 24 years. He's a good person and uh, has a great record of uh, public service. So I just want to say uh, straight up uh, that if, if we don't run a ticket and it ends up being uh, Trump against Biden, the choice for me is really easy. I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. But honestly, I, I think um, we can do better. And it's not just President Biden. It's the partisanship that comes with the Democratic Party supporting Joe Biden today. And whether it gives us any hope that if President Biden gets reelected, that uh, the spirit in Washington will be different and they'll actually uh, put the needs of the country first and try to solve some of our big problems like the debt and immigration and crime and uh, education, all the rest. So, uh, but, but that's my feeling. Uh, you, uh, politics is all about choice. I, I think the American people uh, deserve a third choice uh, if it's plausible in 2024. But if it's the, these two, uh, I'll support Biden. Governor, how should moderate voters, you know, independent voters think about the Biden presidency? There's a number of things he's done, the infrastructure bill, the CHIPS Act, the gun safety bill that were bipartisan, uh, that were championed by groups like No Labels. Are there things he's done that that are strikes against him? How, how should people think that through? Well, I think when he uh, became president, he, he gave the impression he was going to be moderate, but we still have such division in our country. And there's some pragmatic reality. I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. But the fact of the matter is our nation is divided. And right now, the political parties give their members in the Senate, and the House, and even in state legislators um, and the presidencies not to work with each other. There's a disincentive because everything's related to the primary. So we've got to get two leaders to choose from who are willing to work with whoever the people elect in the House and the Senate. Well, we've got major issues going on right now with the, with the debt ceiling, with the war in uh, Ukraine, with uh, the deficit, with the immigration, and other important issues that the senator just mentioned. And the parties incentivize us to stay in the corners. I know this. I've been a mayor and a governor. I know the incentive because everyone's watching to their left or right for the primary. It's now almost like 
everyone is gerrymandered, including the at-large Senate races and the at-large governor's races and, and uh, throughout our country. And the fact of the matter is we've got to come to some reality. We've got some division. So right now the division is calling, causing no decisions. And the Senator and I agree on this, is that no decisions is a decision and it's sometimes the worst decision to make. Um, and it's just moving the issues to a future generation when the issues will even be more difficult to handle. So uh, I think both of you know uh, Brookings scholar Bill Galston. He was also a founder of No Labels, a moderate right. Democrat, very well respected in town. Uh, he said, and I'll just read this, that he was leaving No Labels because of, uh, uh, of this effort. And he said, in today's closely divided politics, any division of the anti-Trump vote would open the door to his reelection. Uh, you mentioned the Problem Solvers Caucus in the House. There's a number of Democrats who've started to come out saying they're opposing, even though they've associated with No Labels in the past, they're opposing this presidential effort. Uh, Senator Lieberman, how do you respond to that concern? Well, I'm, I understand it. I'm disappointed, of course, with people like Bill Goldstein. I mean, give us give us a chance here. We're we're uh, creating an option. Uh, we're, we've said over and over again, we're not going to uh, actually run a bipartisan third party ticket unless we think we plausibly have a a chance to elect that ticket, and, and that we're not going to disproportionately affect one of the other uh, tickets. Uh, I think that. What part of what we've done is because we've actually begun to do this, and the two parties, particularly the Democratic Party, seems most uh, uh, anxious, <laughs> nervous about what we're doing because we're challenging the political status quo. But honestly, I would ask Bill Goldston and all the other Democrats and Republicans who are worried about this No Labels uh, 2024 insurance policy project. Are, are you and the American people really satisfied with our politics today and with a system that's uh, producing the candidates for national leadership that that it seems to be producing now, which a majority of the American people say that they don't want? No, uh, we can do better. And uh, incidentally, uh, this third line uh, can be used in a lot of ways. I mean, it gives us certain leverage. Listen, one of the responses of uh, the parties could be, uh, as we gain in strength and, and we get on more state ballots around the country, which we are and will, maybe they should take a look at who they're nominating for president and try to nominate some people who are more appealing to the, this vast uh, middle ground of American politics that just wants the best leadership we can have working together um, with people uh, in the other parties. So I say to my friends in the Democratic Party, relax a little. Uh, I mean, listen, the reality is, and I, I say this with admiration and affection for Joe Biden, and in terms of the Democrats who fear we're going to elect Donald Trump, if you read the polls today, if the election were today, Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden. And uh, uh, that that's something for Democrats to think about and worry about. I yeah, also just I, I let you know that I just got a, a text uh, during this call from a very top big Republican conservative supporter of mine. What are you doing, McCrory? You're putting Biden in office. So we're, we're getting this. We're getting this from both sides. And the fact of the matter is we're not doing that. 
the, the, the political parties are, again, running candidates that fit their primary needs. But as we see in a lot of elections, they then try to change for the general election. But then once they get elected, they go right back to worrying about the next primary. And that's not where the country is right now. And we're doing not what Joe and I want. Um, we're doing what the the people are saying right now. And the vast majority of people are saying, really, is, is this the best choice America can have for the presidency? Uh, especially when you have two candidates that are leading right now who are, for example, on major issues like Social Security going, well, there's nothing we can do. We're going to just wait. And uh, there are so many issues and immigration the same way. Neither party is wanting to satisfy or deal with the complex issue of immigration. There is no easy answer. And we're going to have to come together to solve that problem. But doing nothing is just uh, causing the problem to increase, not decrease. Michael, let me just add, a, if I get a quick word to what Pat said, because of course I agree with him uh, totally, which is that the test of this uh, 2024 No Labels Insurance Policy Project is the public reaction. I mean, we're doing it, frankly. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't have thought of this or, or called for it, but our members around the country called for it. But here's, last week, Pat and I were at a meeting, and one of the people there was the person who, oversees the, the petition uh, drive in the states to get on the ballots. And he, he said he's got some people out there who've done this before in different, uh, uh, for different causes. They, they, that's a funny way to make their living, but they circulate uh, petitions. And he said they say to them that they've never had as, as easy an ask of people that just meet on the street at the supermarket or wherever. Uh, People want to sign this because they're so fed up with the political status quo. And I think that's something that, that the two major parties should think about and respond to rather than uh, attacking us, which they seem to prefer to do right now. The, the voice of the people is speaking to the Republican and Democratic parties, and they better listen to it. And I, just, I would I like to add one more thing just very quickly. And I think Joe and I are showing this and Ben Chavis and me, two North Carolina guys that are on opposite mm -hmm. political spectrum. We're also trying to show the country that we need to be civil with each other, even in disagreement. And, you know, I'm worried about the future of our country. I go back to 1968, where we had so much violence after Martin Luther King was uh, assassinated. And I don't want to get back to those areas. And we started seeing that with riots in our cities and, and of course, January 6th. We've got to start talking to each other and realizing these are complex issues. We're going to have disagreement, but the disagreement's got to still work within the confines of our Constitution and where we respect the institutions. We respect separation of powers. And right now, the two political parties are in their corners not realizing that they're putting our our experiment, which is still an experiment, at risk. And Joe and I are working together to continue the continuity of the great experiment we call the United States of America. Amen. So just well, well a the, the real clear politics average right now shows Trump up about a point over Biden. So it's basically a tied race at this point, but but we don't know which way it'll go. Um, I want to 
sort of drill down on this question of what makes a plausible campaign? Because you've said you're not necessarily going to use this ballot line if you don't have a, a path to winning. Senator, you have some experience with spoiler candidates in Florida in 2000 and the impact sure they can do. have on an election. Um, so I'd actually like to ask both of you this. What specifically do you need to see in the spring of next year before you would support going forward with a nominee? Is it a type of polling that shows you know, your, your named candidates uh, uh, actually competing? Is it something else in the, in the public space? Like, wh what is the trigger here? Because I think this is a point where a lot of Democrats get really nervous because if, if, if you're claiming that there's a path and they don't see a path, uh, th there's gonna be quite a, path, uh, a fight. Yeah, I'll begin this quickly. So well, we started this, we had the idea, and we actually went forward with it after we did a poll in all 50 states in December. 26,000 people, big uh, survey. And it showed that um, uh, uh, there were enough states in which a majority of people, given a choice of Biden, Trump, or a bipartisan third ticket, said they were would uh, we're open to voting for that third ticket. Now, we all understand uh, that's just open to, and there are no names attached to it, but gave, gave us enough encouragement that we decided, okay, we're gonna go ahead and uh, invest the money in getting on 50 state ballots, so we have the option. Uh, uh, there's no question. Uh, next March is gonna be a very uh, important and difficult decision for us. Why are we saying March? Uh, Super Tuesday primaries are in March. Uh, in recent American presidential political history, after those primaries, the nominees of the two major parties are pretty uh, well clear. And uh, it's at that point that we'll again uh, do the best that uh, social science research uh, can do, which is to poll and see uh, whether the American people uh, want to uh, uh, really vote for a specific ticket. There we'll put real names in that we're thinking about. Uh, and the judgment is uh, twofold, I think, Michael. One is, uh, can we conclude that uh, we have a reasonable chance to actually carry enough states that we could uh, win the Electoral College and the presidency for this bipartisan ticket? Um, or, um, uh, uh, and I should say, the, does our polling show that if we run the ticket, it disproportionately favors one of the two major party candidates at that point? And obviously the main question is, does it uh, help elect or reelect Donald Trump? Uh, those aren't easy decisions, but that's, uh, that politics is choice. And the choices in 2024 are really critical as Pat has said so eloquently uh, to the future of our great democracy. Pat, are there any other criteria you're looking for before you would support this moving forward? I think the main criteria is we're going to see what the American people have to say about did the political parties do their job and select candidates that appeal to the vast majority of the American people. Where the American people will actually say after Super Tuesday, you know what, these are viable choices. These are good choices. It's a tough decision. You also can recognize states like North Carolina, our, our registration for the independent voter is now greater than the registration for both Republicans and Democrats in what's perceived as a purple state. I think about 37% of registered voters 
are now independent in North Carolina, which exceeds both Democrats and Republicans. You know, as a Republican, that means we need to wake up. As a candidate that has both won and lost campaigns, we need to wake up and go, wait a minute, what are we not doing to make all these people say, I want more options? And so we're following what the people are saying, not necessarily what Joe and I personally believe, but what uh, the people are saying. And, you know, there's, there's a, listen, I know the game. I've played the game. I've been a part of the game. I've been played by the game. And the <laughs> fact of the matter is the game wants to keep the status quo. They want to keep the power regardless of the pragmatic circumstances on the ground. And we're, we're challenging the status quo. And maybe by even challenging the status quo between now and Super Tuesday, we can have an impact on the two parties. Because me, I'll tell you right now, Joe, Joe and I agree on this. Our goal is not to have this happen. But we're going to be ready right. if the American people says it needs to happen. But let's talk it's about that. I would, I would add just this. Like, we're, we're thinking Trump and Biden now. But um, we got primaries ahead, and and Pat and I, and certainly I'm older than he, have lived through times when the 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 logical and everybody agreed, oh, that's going to happen, doesn't happen once the party voters vote in the primaries. So we we don't know next March that it's going to be Trump against Biden. It could be two totally different people. You you you've both referenced here the idea that just doing this, even if you don't run a candidate, could give you leverage for the sort of moderate middle. Uh, and I know this summer, No Labels is going to be coming out with a platform of sorts, a bunch of policies right. that you support. Um, what are the things you want the major party candidates to be talking about and embracing uh, if they want to try and win your support uh, next year? And either one of you can take that. Well, I started. I mean, the most important thing really is what we would be saying with a bipartisan unity ticket, which is... Um, I'd like the two major parties to say, we get it. We're really going to work together to solve America's problems uh, and not just fight each other. We're going to try to work together to fix our country. Um, but, um, uh, you know, we got obvious big problems. Uh, that we're first dealing with the economy, inflation, uh, the future with all the technological changes, uh, the, the national debt, which can't go on uh, rising as it has been, immigration, crime, education. We can make progress on all those. Incidentally, that's what uh, we hope to do with our policy statement, our platform coming out sometime this summer or early fall. It's not going to look like the Democratic or Republican platforms. Uh, it, it, it's going to uh, offer solutions that both parties and independence can support. And um, that, that's an important distinction. Maybe that'll have a big effect on the two parties. Uh, who knows? We're running a little low on time, and I want to get to some viewer questions. But let me just ask real quick, are there names of candidates you were discussing? Have you talked about this? I mean, Joe Manchin suggested he's open to it. Larry Hogan has not entirely closed the door on it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Glenn Youngkin is saying he's not going to make a decision about running until uh, November, uh, any names you would throw out there as possible candidates? We are not doing that at this point in time. We'll have a process where candidates can submit their names and maybe, I don't think we'll have a shortage of candidates if this scenario uh, comes up. I think we'll have some very qualified people uh, from both parties who are go, you know, I'm interested in this concept. I care for our country. 
and uh, we need to solve some of these problems. And we're seeing some people like that in Washington right now who are working together, even on this uh, debt ceiling right now and going, you know, we, we've got to work on this at the same time working with the deficit. So uh, I, I can't agree more with uh, Senator Lieberman on the issues that he talked about. Okay, yes, yeah, so me, uh, on, on the candidates, real quickly, we're open to people other than elected political officials. I mean, maybe they're, they're retired military leaders or, uh, or business leaders or even people from the world, world of entertainment who are serious and could be great national leaders. So we're, we're going to look far and wide as we think about uh, candidates for the no labels ticket if we run it. Okay, here, let me do some of these viewer questions. I can squeeze them in. Uh, Gary Weiskaukas from Florida asks, what plans do you have to build a broad-based viable national third party beyond the 2024 election? Governor, you wanna take that? Yeah, right now we're only focusing on the 2024 election. We're not talking about forming a permanent party. In fact, no labels. If, if we follow through and we'd have a convention in June in Dallas, uh, but if we nominate uh, some candidates to get on the ticket in all 50 states, no labels will not be running their campaigns. It'll be up to the presidential and vice president, presidential candidate to run the campaign and to raise the money. This is not no labels running a campaign. It's no labels bringing an alternative and getting on the uh, ballots in all 50 states. Okay, I'll do another one here. Arlana Young from New York says, disclose the funding sources of this political party. Senator? Well, like a lot of political organizations today, uh, we, we have a legal entity that uh, doesn't disclose contributions, but we have a great team of lawyers and everything we're doing uh, is, um, is within the law. That's, that's what we're all about. So uh, I think we're gonna be judged by our actions. So, you know, stories have come out about people. People are not embarrassed to be involved with us. Stories have come out about people who are helping us and we're grateful to them. But really, the, as Pat has said, the strength of our movement is, is the people out across America who are signing our petitions to get on the ballots. I mean, we're, we're pretty much uh, on in six states, although Democrats are challenging us in a couple. Uh, we're soon gonna be over 10 states. And I think by the end of the year, we're gonna be on the ballots in more than 20 states, which is a real sign of our credibility and public support. You, you both go to the fundraisers though, and so don't give me names, but what are the kind of people who are showing up at these fundraisers and writing checks when you make your pitch? Can you just describe the sort of demographic, the ideology, the, the motivation of the people who are giving you money? I don't, I don't think Joe and I have been active in direct fundraising where money has been asked for. We're, okay. we're in meetings, we're in, we're in Zoom calls probably every week with hundreds of thousands of people across the nation uh, from all 50 states that were conveying this message. So I anticipate like any other political campaign uh, or political organization, getting fundraising from the grassroots and getting fundraising from people who go, you know, we just need some common sense. And that's what we're really seeking. It's just some common sense solutions to some very complex issues that our country has to deal with today instead of delaying for the future. Yeah, I had to, what Pat said, I totally agree with him uh, about the people who are giving us funding. Over the years, I've been in a lot of meetings with people who have contributed to No Labels. 
And uh, we've had members of Congress, for instance, come through. I've never once heard one of our financial supporters ask a member of Congress a question related to their own business or their own taxes or anything like that. You, you know why they're involved? They're worried about the future of our country and they're fed up with um, the partisanship and the, uh, uh, the ineffectiveness of the government. And frankly, uh, in recent times, and I want my fellow Democrats to hear this, a lot of the people who have come in and, and given us money uh, are Republicans who, who are uh, uh, just against Trump. They feel like uh, he stole their party from them. And uh, they, they want uh, to, to see us return to Republican and Democratic Party more to the center where, where it has been through most of their lives. So I think they're you know, really well motivated. You know what's I'm great sure. too in all the Zoom calls, I haven't heard one litmus test from anybody who goes, hey, does no labels support this or against this? And right. the dilemma we have as candidates, everyone's asking in both parties, you have these 100% absolute litmus tests on issues. And frankly, most of these issues are more, more complex than a yes or no answer. They're complex, which needs serious discussion, civil discussion, and then a long-term solution. Well, you, you guys Amen. have certainly chosen a strategy that'll get you a lot more attention over the coming months. Uh, unfortunately, we have to stop there. I want to thank you both, Senator Lieberman and Governor McCrory, for joining us. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.